0: Today is our blowout day at Gordy's company. The printing presses churn out sheets of paper as the gears chug and crunch, run by the new steam powered engines. Steam is the energy that now drives the machines of this industrial revolution. In addition to this steam, the specialization of work, which is often repetitive, has changed in many ways. The operation of factories changed the very nature of work by de-skilling tasks, breaking down processes into their most basic parts, and then removing the need for long apprenticeships to learn these parts. People like Gordy Paul and thousands of other immigrants from Greece. His actual Greek-given name was too hard to spell by the immigration officers. Gordy chose a different name, Paul, which was close to how it sounded. Gordy works in a printing company that prints postage stamps. The factory work was new and different from the farms that most people, including Gordy, came from. Workers were expected to report to work at certain times, usually early in the morning, and work all day. They could not leave when they were tired or take breaks, except at the designated times. Those who arrived late found their pay docked. Five minutes of tardiness could result in seven hours worth of lost pay, and repeated tardiness would get you fired. The repetitive tasks must have made days seem particularly long. Hours varied according to the factory, but most factory employees worked 10 to 12 hours a day, six days a week. This is where Gordy worked. Gordy was a feeder on a printing press. He stood above the massive machine and put pieces of paper into a little sliding area. The plate which the printing press printed the stamps moved side to side. As it moved to the right, wheels put ink on the printing plate, and then it moved back left where the paper was pressed down upon it. The paper was then lifted up and gripped by four long pieces of metal and it lifted the piece of paper up and set it down in a pile. The piles of postage stamps grew as time went by And this was Gordy's job, 10 to 12 hours a day, putting pieces of paper onto a small ramp so it could go into the printing machine. In the winter, when the sun set early, oil lamps were used to light the working area, straining people's eyes and filling the room with smoke making everybody cough. But now it's springtime and the days are beginning to grow longer. The factory the Gordy worked at, like many factories, held blowout celebrations at these times of year. They would blow out the oil candles, and these blowouts were very large events. This is where the term blowout comes from. Live from a noisy factory floor. This is the award-winning STEM show here today, episode number 297, brought to you by the Southern Nevada Philatelic Research Center, a nonprofit 501 C3 Corporation for the advancement of philately. This is CASH. This is Mark. This is Albert. This week again we are discussing becoming an expert. Today is design alterations. But first, a special shout-out to Richard Y, who made a very generous donation to the Stamp Show and the SNPRC. Remember that it's tax-deductible also. Uh, Your donation helps us a lot. As a follow-up to last week's podcast, we also wanted to discuss dull gum. So, Albert, you brought this up.
1: Yeah, some of the la- some of the later issues are printed with dull gum, and they make a substantial difference in the value, especially in, for instance, the six and seven postage six and seven cent postage due issues of the, the last postage due issues. That's uh, as I quickly turn to the catalog.
0: Seventy are uh, are they uh, J seventy six and seventy seven something like that?
1: No, they're J. Uh, they're uh, j94 and 95 um well, that was a stamp looked, by 20. the six cents cal the, the the regular six cent stamp with shiny gum catalogs 25 cents while the stamp on dull gum cat 70 dollars and on j95 the seven cent the stamp with shiny gum cats 25 cents and the stamp with dull gum cats 550 dollars yep and how much are the plate blocks Has people have found plate blocks of these well the uh, six cent plate block catalogs 1250 dollars and the the seven-cent plate block gets thirty-five hundred dollars.
0: And these dull gums—they—they they look like they don't have gum.
1: Right. They look like they don't have gum, but if you lick them, they will stick.
2: Yeah. All right. You know, one uh, one issue that's notorious for uh, for looking like it has no gum is the uh, nineteen eighty-two state birds and flowers. Uh, Scott, uh, nineteen fifty-three to two thousand two. Uh, I I hear uh, stories uh, uh, all the time about collectors who buy these sheets. And then angrily uh, send messages to the dealer and say, "Hey, you sent me a sheet with no gum, because that particular sheet really looks like it has no gum. I mean, it looks like it was soaked. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, you you, uh, you 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 touch it with water, and you, you'll immediately you know realize that uh, that it has full original gum. Um, so yeah, that's one that uh, even more so than the um, uh, than those." Um, Uh, postage dues. it it looks like it's it it looks like it doesn't have gum
0: at all yep and i have i (laughs) like i find them and then i just kind of wet the perfs to see if they really are dull gum or not or if they're no gum because it truly looks like a no gum stamp
1: Incidentally, here's a stamp to look out for that is not an American stamp, but an American possession stamp. Scott number 164, the seat, the, the design of uh, of uh, engineer Stevens, uh, was issued both in shiny gum and also tag no gum. So a uh, so the stamp, uh, the stamp with shiny gum, cat 60 cents in catalog. In the Scott catalog, and the stamp that's tagged with Dulcon cat's twelve dollars, and a plate block cat's one hundred and twenty-five dollars.
0: And this is probably stuff you can find in postage lots.
1: It's it's. They are genuinely scarce. We knew that they were genuinely scarce when they came out, and because it came out late in the in the on Postal uh, uh, Postal Administration, there's not that many. There's not that ma- much of that stuff that was purchased because a lot of people thought that. That they would exist long beyond 1980.
2: Yeah, another couple of stamps that fall under the same um, uh, same condition as the uh, as the 20 cent state birds and flowers is the uh, 1981 uh, 18 cent uh, Babe Zaharias and, uh, and 18 cent Bobby Jones. The purple and the green stamps. Those also um, have gun that looks very much like uh, it's been soaked.
3: Very
0: interesting. At least I think it's interesting and you must think it's interesting because you're listening to the podcast
1: well there's a, there's also um 0136 the uh, the 22 cent official stamp from 1985 it also comes with a dull finished gum with its regular gum it cats with and that's the difference between this it comes with low gloss gum the cat's a dollar with dull finished gum it cats 65 dollars a stamp
0: so search for the dull gum stamps obviously
1: when when the uh, when the first information on the postage tubes came out uh, back around 2003 or 2004, I remember going through everybody's stock looking for those looking for the dull gums. I did find a couple of blocks of the six cent. Never found a plate block. Never found a seven cent. Um, I, I've, and so, and I've, I've asked many people how many how many seven centers have been found uh, in the last. 12 years and not that many. I mean Langs Bill Langs when his when his stock was sold at Kelleher uh, had a had a block of ten including the plate number, but that's that there are just not that many. And the only other person I know that had a stock with them was Lewis Kaufman and that's because he's a specialist in postage dues.
0: Oh yeah, well he probably searched them out and was one of the discoverers of it. Shout out to you, uh Lewis. Well today we are discussing design elements. So Albert is the resident condition expert on Washington Franklin stamps because you actually found a 486A. Nope, it's Scott number 482A.
1: 482.
0: Oh, I will fix that on the script. Just imagine if we didn't have a script what this podcast would sound like. Uh so you found a 480 what,
1: what does it sound
0: like? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it has a script, and it still sounds like this. Uh, so you found a 482a. Tell us about design elements, and from a standpoint, you know, of being an expert, can they really be faked? Can you be taken in by uh, incorrect design elements?
1: Well, in in many of the in many of the stamps of the United States, there are there are different types, even different types on the same sheet. Going back to the 1851 issue, you have, uh, you have only one type one, and that's position seven right on plate one early, and that's the one that has the most complete design elements, including the, including the plumes and balls at the bottom. And, and so there are many stamps that are, that are um, altered. In other words, they take a regular Scott number no. seven from the same plate, uh, which is a type two, and they, uh, they actually paint in the design at the bottom, so it looks like it's complete. Um, this is also done. This is also done uh, to make uh, some one-centers look like type one A's, or that's Scott number six or number 19. And uh, we know that this is done all the time with uh, with the classic stamps. You, as a collector of three-cent stamps, have seen many uh, three-cent stamps, three-cent perforated stamps that have been altered, especially with the lines lines chopped off on. at at the ends of the perforations to make it look like a type four Mm -hmm. or Scott number
0: 26 capital a. Well, a funny thing too about the, uh, you were bringing up the one cent stamp number 24 is a relatively inexpensive stamp. It catalogs, I think 25 or it sells for it catalogs a bunch, but I think it sells for like 20 to $25 and I'm a plater. I plate these and I got a stamp And I was trying to plate it, and I just couldn't plate it over and over and over again. I'm trying to plate this stamp, and I'm looking at the detail. I'm looking specifically at the detail, and I cannot plate it. I cannot find these design elements to determine the position that it was on. And then all of a sudden, I noticed just a little tiny difference I go, holy mackerel, somebody drew in the entire side design on this stamp and did it in such a good fashion that a person who was plating it, who was staring at it, had trouble with it. And it was just amazing to me. It's the best fake that I have ever seen. It was an incredible fake. But again, you know, it's a 24, which is like $20, $25 stamp. And they drew in the design to make it look like an $800 stamp.
1: (laughs) Well, a similar stamp to that is Scott number 35, which is the uh, Type 5 from Plate 2. There are many copies. Now, the the key distinction between Plate 1 and Plate 2 is that um, the pearls on the design on the lower right in the lower right corner are missing on plate 2s but many plate 2s have had had the pearls drawn back in and then i've i've seen any number which have had had the uh, the shells at the bottom drawn in with a fake position dot to make it a fake Scott number 31 type 1 or have a have a recut drawn in to make it into a, a fake number Scott number 34 but that's a good example of another stamp that, yeah, a catalogs thirty-five dollars, but you could find you could find a fine copy for like fifteen or twenty dollars and play with that.
0: Yeah. Well, I've seen number twenty-sixes, which is the three-cent three-cent George Washington with just side frame lines. A number twenty-five has frame lines on the sides plus the top and the bottom, and I have seen people who have drawn in. The lines on the top and the bottom. Now, for me, it's impossible really kind of to fool me with this because number 26s and number 11s or number 25s, which is what number 11s were perforated to create number 25s. They're very, very, very different stamps. I mean, you can pick them out relatively easily. But I can vouch that a lot of people have bought 25s, which are actually cheap, cheap, cheap number 26s with just a line drawn in on the top and the bottom. (laughs) And again, this is changing the design elements to make the stamp from a dollar and a half stamp to a $50 stamp by literally just drawing two lines. But you could tell the difference by a glance
2: because of what, the color?
0: Uh, The color, the impression... And there's certain design elements on a 26 which do not occur on a number 25. Uh, The number 11s uh, were printed for a very, very long period of time. The plates show a lot of wear. I mean, and when all of a sudden you have these really nice, sharp, crisp images that were from number 26s, you go, hey, there's a problem because when number 26s were printed, They sort of had a higher level of quality control. They didn't let the plates wear. Very, very rarely will you find a worn plate number uh, 20 or a worn number 26, with the exception of like two plates. And those two plates, actually, if you draw the lines in, you're destroying a significantly valuable stamp because those are 26 A's. Which again, design element thing, and these are a pain in the butt to expertise too for the novice. But they're, you know, they're probably right around the same price as the number 25.
1: Mm. Now we've all we've also seen, believe it or not, counterfeits made from uh, from the five cent perforated issues. Uh, anything from I've seen fakes made from Scott number 28s and also from Scott 30 and 30A's and they literally cut the perforations off they might actually they might actually reback the stamp and draw the little designs in that are missing and then they'll try to sell it as a number Scott number 12 the 1855 imperforate seen
0: quite a few of there, those. there are
1: many many of those that were made in Europe back uh, back in the 19th and early early 20th century Yeah
0: this is the brown 5 cent stamp with Thomas Jefferson on it That, uh, you know, before that, he's the first person who appeared on a stamp that wasn't George Washington or Benjamin Franklin. And they were making U.S. number fives, which today sell for 200 plus dollars each. And you're destroying a stamp which could be faulty on top of that because those per 15 perforations look terrible. Uh, So, you know, it's it's something you have to be concerned about. Those, however, the design which is drawn in is there's like a little hump, little speed bump at the top and the bottom, and they draw those in. But I have never seen one drawn in well.
1: I, I've seen – we've had several that have, that have that come in that, were, that have been drawn in well. It's just the level of
0: artist more than
1: anything else.
0: Yeah, yeah. But you have to sort of match the design. It's not just – Drawing a line, it's like you have to duplicate the hash work and stuff like that. It's a little bit more effortful. is that a good word effortful
1: well, one reason that you become an expert is is that you you've become a you you've been you're a past victim oh yeah. you know just like you know, just like just like the uh just like that uh company hair club for men likes to advertise well i'm a I'm a customer too well it's uh i, I so uh, when I was a young dealer, somebody came up to me with an with alleged number 34 on cover, which I didn't examine closely, and I paid $1,000 for it. And then I found out about uh, three or four weeks later that it was fake, and I couldn't get my money back. And I just said, so um, there's nothing like tasting it the hard way to make you remember what makes, what makes it, you know, why, you, why you've become um, knowledgeable in a particular area because you don't want to be a fool again
0: yeah I agree with that i've uh i think we have all fallen into that trap and way spent money on something that wasn't worth spending their money on uh but let me ask you a question you found a four eighty two a right very expensive stamp uh Denny, who works here he found one he sold it for a hundred and nine thousand dollars. Uh, he's he,
1: he's had the, he had the best timing of everybody else. Oh uh, The yeah. ones the the three that i the three that I found the only one that I sold I sold it in '84 for four thousand dollars to my best customer and it since it sold at a Rumsey sale in December of 2018 for sixty
0: five thousand. Whoa. So let me ask you a question. So this is a difference in design. It's the strength of, if you picture George Washington he's wearing a toga. Toga has like a little button on the top of it. There's a line off the button. That button is str- uh, the button is strong, and the line defining the top of the toga is strong.
1: That's that's because the reason it's called a type one A rather than a type two, is this the result of a uh, of a new transfer roll that the bureau had switched to. Uh, so they went from a. a a transfer roll that would transfer only three or four impressions on it to one that would transfer 12 on it, and because it had it had so many images to transfer in, it had to use they had to use extra pressure. So the the fine element the fine elements of the design, like the toga rope and the button, are particularly strongly incised, and there so there's no breaks in the button and no breaks in the rope, and that's why that that's becoming type 1A. And on a 482A, we're talking in addition that that's a stamp that only has Shermac type 3 perforations. That's the only way that it's found.
0: So let's make pretend you find a two-cent George Washington stamp with the type 2 Shermac perforations, which are not rare. They're all over the place. Could you... Just strengthen that line on top of the toga and strengthen the circle a little bit and say, "Hey, I've got a 482a."
1: Um, I don't think so because it would show up if we put it under the the ultraviolet here with the VSC. The strengthening would obviously show up because you can't duplicate the ink. It's this it's the same it's the same reason that when you put a why I put recuts. Always under the un, under the ultraviolet light, and always anything any of the rare offset types of the early 1920s, like Scott number 534B, it always goes under there because the ink is if it's, the ink is easy, very easily altered, and so that's why I could tell.
0: And that's one of the big advantages we have over people in the 1970s, is we have this equipment, and back then they didn't. And so, you know, technology has greatly improved uh, stamp collecting.
1: Well, that's why when that's why when a, um, a collector comes back and says, "Oh, this has a 1985 Philatelic Foundation certificate," why did you change the opinion? A lot of times, I say, we just we have better equipment to examine the the items. We have better reference. Um, and also there's been a, as a, a stamp that's the, a rare stamp that gets studied more by more collectors people discover things and they notice very small little changes and so they they note them and they, they say well this type has to have has to have something that might be a more subtle thing than just the rope and the, the, the toga rope and the button
2: well there's some uh uh, stamps that I'm thinking of, where you can change the design type not by adding, but by subtracting um, some ink. L- like, for example, the uh, the two cent uh, Washington head, uh, which is the numeral two. Uh, there's a type one and a type three. The type three has extra lines, which, if you scrape off, you can make it look like the type one.
1: Yes, there there are a number of. Uh, I've seen a number of Scott number 450s that have had the line scraped off to make it look like a type one. The the, the rarer 449. Uh, the difference is uh, a 449 is like a between a 600 and a thousand dollar stamp for a start, and you're making it from like a from a two dollar stamp maybe. So that gets done. The I, it, the same kind of scraping gets done on uh, they. T- you find 455s that they've scraped them off and they're being sold as either Type 1s or Type 2s, mostly Type 2s, Scott number 454, or if it's the, or if it's the 1917 on watermark issue, Scott 492s that have been scraped off to make, make them look like Scott 491,
0: which is the $1,000 stamp used. Um, and just to get into a little detail, there is a ribbon on the bottom of the stamp, literally like a ribbon, and it has a little curl in it, and then it ends in like a little split. And this ribbon has little shading lines on it. And the type 1 has two shading lines and the type 2, or excuse me, the type two 1 has three shading lines and the type 3 has two or two and a half shading lines, right? And so if you take... A, you need to reverse that. Right. It's
2: the type 1 that has fewer shading lines.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I got them reverse, And so you literally just scrape the ink and take it off. Now, here's the hitch, though. Is that the only way to tell that design? No, there's actually
2: uh, uh, several other uh, elements that uh, distinguish type 1 from type 3.
0: And that's why it's so incredibly difficult to really fake one is just scraping that little line off. Right. Not enough
2: the uh where where there's an exception is in a used stamp if you've got a cancel that hides uh, some of the other design elements that that distinguish between one and three and all you see clearly is the uh, is the ribbon then you can be fooled
0: Well yeah that's one of the problems too though is sometimes you will have the cancellation right on top of the ribbon right and so the most obvious <laughs> indicator of it you can't see. That uh, reminds me of uh, one of your 482s. The cancellation covered the elements. Correct. And so it didn't sell for nearly as much because people couldn't look at it and see it. You had to really work on identifying it.
1: Yeah, that's true. That's why sometimes uh, when those stamps, when the Chicago Post, most of the 482As were used out of the Chicago Post Office. And they were um, um, they were used to send they were used to send bulk mailings, um, basically the junk mail of the of the early 20th century to people, and if it didn't get a postmark, the Chicago postmaster would literally just would literally just use a sponge with a with and just just blot out the stamp, and the, most of the time the stamps are not tied even if they're on cover, but they're are they are they're terribly over over uh, over canceled. Yep. So, one of the a couple of other ta- things that I've seen where design elements have been changed, um, a couple of stamps that have very small secret marks. So, some of the Continental Banknote Company stamps have been, ch- and also those that use the Continental Banknote plates, so the later American Banknote issue, I've seen changed. I've seen uh, Scott number 156 have that little shading line um, to the left of the one actually, actually get. Um, actually be scraped off and be sold as a 145. And I've actually seen one that's had it scraped off and then a fake grill added to it yeah. to be a, to be a one Scott number 134. And the other stamp that I've seen that I've seen a number of counterfeits is uh, Scott number 188, the American banknote Company with this with the secret mark having been scraped to make it into a 187. Which is without the secret mark, and that's the ten cent value. That's the ten cent value, and especially when, especially mint copies, that there's a real substantial value difference.
2: Yeah, another stamp that has uh, uh, that's distinguished only by a small number of design elements would be um, the two cent um, offset, uh, uh, two cent Washington offset. Oh, where, we see
0: this all the time.
2: Yeah, where the the main difference between. Type 5 and Type 5A are two dots on the nose. If the dots are missing, it's a cheaper stamp, whereas if the dots are there, it's a more expensive stamp. On the, uh, on the perforated version, the value is about twice as much. On the imperforate, uh, meaning uh, Scott uh, 533 and 534, um, there's like a 7 to 8 times value difference.
0: And uh, this is literally you just take a red ballpoint pen... Right, and just go pop.
2: And also sometimes that's and this is also a, a stamp that is notorious for because they use a lot of wavy line cancels on this stamp. It's notorious for having the nose element hidden by the by the wavy line cancel. So how can you tell the difference? And w- one of the, uh, one of the main differences though that's not really well publicized is the fact that the type 5a, is a smaller design, uh, both left and right, and top and bottom, than the Type Five. So, if you have a um, a, a very fine uh, measuring device like a, a ten power loop with a with a reticle, you can you can tell the difference between uh, a Type Five and a Type Five A just by the uh, just by the size of the design. And well, the
0: yeah, except actually, the best way to do it is to find one of the cheaper ones and chop off the corners. Right, yeah. And then literally put one on top of the other and measure it. Because I have found that trying to measure the design is just incredibly difficult. But you lay another stamp on top of it, and it, it stands out like a sore thumb.
2: Right. Yeah, the, um, the, the Paul Schmidt book, Experts book, um, describes that the type 5, like, uh, say, for example, at the top... Um, measures between 18.9 and 19 millimeters wide whereas the type 5a is 18 point six to 18 point eight millimeters so that's a really tiny difference
0: yeah yeah too difficult to measure but very difficult to see the one other caution
1: about 534b and 533 is that some some um, some of the used copies with the Shermag type 3 private perforations. You get where they've actually clipped off the perforations, so it has. It looks uh, so. It might have tall margins top and bottom, but it's very close left and right. And but it's but it's absolutely counterfeit because if you look carefully, there's
0: usually a small remnant of the per- original
1: perforation.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Well, one of the and also the gripper when it was going through the machine, you can uh, a lot of times see the gripper marks. But uh, one of the. Uh, Things about that and something that we address all the time. You need to get a good microscope. Like I said, the Coolertronic one on uh, Amazon, which they still haven't contacted me to, like, pay me for pumping their item. They should. Yeah. And the second thing is you need to get a cheap UV light because the ink that it was printed with and the ink from a red ballpoint pen are very different, and they will show up different. And I'm going to give a shout out to a, uh,
2: to a company who, who, who should also send me many free gifts for doing this. But um, I bought a uh, UV light on Amazon called UV Beast. Um, and the interesting thing about this particular flashlight uh, or, or light is that it, um, it, it alternates between a very bright white light and a, and a UV, so you can click between the two. Uh, and I find that to be very useful when I'm uh, when I'm at uh, stamp shows to look at stamps either to to use the bright light to see if there's anything uh, hidden that uh, that the uh, that the normal Convention center lighting uh, tends to hide and then having the UV um, just at the click of a button to, to switch between the two is also very helpful
1: how much is the cost of this light
2: uh, I think the UV beast was about35 dollars or something like that um, um, and, uh, and I believe that um, you can have it configured either with three AAAs or the, uh, or the rechargeable larger NiCAD. Um, I went with the uh, – or lithium, I guess it is. And I went with the, with the lithium version because, um, uh, because I have to recharge it. You know, every, every time I go to a show, I recharge it.
1: So how much cash was the Coolatronic Microscope?
0: I haven't checked, but I believe they are back down into the into the sixty-five dollar range, somewhere around there. And also, if we're giving shout-outs, uh, South Point Casino Buffet, very very good buffet. Uh, if you want to give us some uh, free meal tickets, uh, we'll give you a shout-out for that too. And Del Taco, I like Del Taco also. <laughs> hey Del Taco, send us some uh, free tacos.
1: So can you think of any other uh, uh, alteration in type uh, items? Now, there's lots of alteration in type in foreign stamps. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, But I I don't even want to get started on that. We were just talking about American stamps today.
0: Well, like the one, because I collect, you know, 1850 to 1859, uh, the one centers, they get not as much... Um, faking, but there is faking going on. The five-center, we've seen a disproportionate number of five-centers. The three-centers, you really only see people taking 26s and drawing a line on the top and bottom to make them into 25s. Although I did see a person ruin a really nice number 26a, uh, trying to make it a number 25. And, uh, quite frankly, the 26a is worth more than the 25. Um other than that i haven't really seen much i mean you know one of the things that you'd kind of expect is uh, people making number 13s out of number 14s or something like that but you know, that doesn't occur
1: you see more of thir- you see more often a 35 that's been cut down Those oh. 35s come with big margins Oh, yeah so yeah yeah let's bring easy, that one up yeah it's much easier for them to t- to, to to draw the pearls in draw the draw the shells in at the bottom add a position dot at the bottom they don't
0: even do that all they have to do is just do a little draw the pearls in and by drawing the pearls in they literally are drawing two half circles that's it so that and
1: since that stamp comes normally wide it's easy to have it's the raw it's the cheap raw material that exists to make a fake yeah. that's that's always been one of the rules for me is that does, does the raw material exist to make a fake? Right. And is it inexpensive?
0: Yeah. Now, number 35s, they're big, but they're really super easy to pick out. So if you chop the perforations off a of number 35 to make it look like a uh, number 14 or 15, anybody who knows the issue will be able to detect it almost instantly. You really have to modify the design to have any chance of it and uh they don't modify the design all they do is they hack off the perfs so you see them all the time just fakes
1: so the, the the other the other kind of the other kind of fakes that i can i've seen a number of are uh, and they're very, very subtle, as if somebody takes uh, a plate 4 type 3A and works a little bit on one of the weaker lines to make it into a type 3.
0: That's one uh, of the, that's, again, the uh, one-cent Franklin from 1851. Right. Yeah, the blue but, stamp. But this
1: is primarily the 1857 plate yeah. 4 stamp that, that. Frequently, frequently, one of the lines—it means that it has a break either at top or bottom. But it means, but to create it into a type three, you you take that weaker line that isn't considered broken, and you, uh, you slightly, uh, you slightly scrape it off.
0: And again, these right here are stamps that are certified. You plate them. You find out the plate position, and then you find out whether they're real or not. So the ninety-nine dollar question. If you had a four eighty two A that really wasn't, it was faked to look like it. What would a stamp like that be worth? Fifty cents. I would actually think a little higher. You know, as a space filler, you're you're filling in the space for like a fifty thousand dollar stamp. I'd I'd say it was worth a couple bucks.
1: Well. I haven't, see, I haven't seen very many 482As that have been faked.
0: Yeah. I think but if there, it was a certified
2: fake, that would actually add value.
1: Yeah, I, you might even be right, yeah. The, the one true 482A fake that exists is that there were some sheets of 500. That's the fully perforated Type 1A. Uh, that existed with New York pre New York City precancels.
0: Don't tell me they cut and off the perforations. No,
1: they they actually there is there were some sheets that were printed that had that that did not have perforations at the top, and so they literally they literally cut big copies of them top and bottom, and then and then added the Shermac perforations. Oh. <laughs> and and I got victim I got victimized with one that had a PF certificate. In 1982, a 1981 certificate, I had sold it to a client, and then uh, uh, the client lost the certificate and 12 years later got a certificate saying that it was no good. So I had to refund him $14,500. No. So if somebody shows you a 482A with a New
2: York pre-cancel, be afraid.
0: Yeah.
1: Be very afraid.
0: Well, I can speak to, like, number 26s with the lines drawn in on the top and the bottom. You took a stamp which was relatively cheap and just made it valueless. But yeah, what what is the value of space fillers? They look. Yeah, I mean nobody's. You know, uh, what does a number five sell for nowadays?
1: A hundred thousand dollars if it's if it's very fine.
0: Well, yeah, I would say between seventy-five and a hundred, even if it's not. So what would you? What would a person pay for a fake? number five to put inside of his book something under a hundred dollars oh yeah i'd say i'd say something around anywhere from you can sell you can sell um
1: we have a we have a friend that that uh, sells anything and everything on his website and he's he sells space space fillers for space fillers and facsimiles for you know if it's a if it's a three thousand dollar stamp it might be priced at thirty dollars
0: i don't know if we're talking about the same person but there is a fellow who actually prints like dollar value Colombians and Zep sets. And on the back they say fake and stuff like that. And it would be, you know, if a person was, a they weren't, they're not printed by engraved. So if a person knows what they're looking at, they'll be able to pick out that, you know, it's a lithograph stamp and it is, but it fills the spot. And a lot of people have a lot of desire to fill all the spots.
2: Yeah. I mean, I see a dealer on eBay that uh, consistently sells uh, um, fakes of the uh, C3A. Not really fakes, but but reprints that um, you know are just designed to fill the
0: space. Yeah. Well, the alternative to that, which I have seen quite a bit, and next week we're going to have Jim 40 in, and he'll talk about it too, is uh, people will cut pictures out of auction catalogs and put them inside of mounts to fill the spot and I went over to Jim's the other day and he goes oh yeah I have uh, this stamp and it was a Danzig stamp and he goes do you have a really good German expert and we go yes we have one of the best German experts we'll take anything and I go good can you take this stamp and he opens up the catalog and he goes to reach this for the stamp and he pulls the stamp out and it's not even a stamp it's a photograph <laughs> and he goes well I guess I don't have to submit that <laughs> So there is a little bit of value to filling the spots. I know the fellow who uh, sells the dollar value Colombians. He charges, I think, $15 for a single stamp, but you can buy the one, two, three, four, and five, I think, for 30. So you can fill all the, those four spots with perforated printed stamps. The Ger- for 30 bucks,
1: Both the French and the Germans in the 19th century made what they called facsimiles. And they, they sold them as facsimiles. A lot of them have the word false printed on them or, or facsimile printed on them, uh, especially of the large newspaper stamps, for instance, uh, that uh, they, they were selling it just to, so that you could fill your
0: album. Yeah. yeah, those are funny, too, because they printed really nice and clear, you know, false right on the front. And then the fakers would come in and they'd put like a pen cancel or some sort of cancellation over the word false. And they also do that in Japan when they were uh, reprinting the Japanese stamps to sell to tourists. You had, in Japanese law, you had to change the design. So they'd change the design and then they'd make sure that the cancel was on top of that change. So it would look like a good stamp. So anything else on design changes? Well, we're going to have a stamp show at the end of April in Las Vegas. Uh, April uh, 29th and 30th, right? I
2: thought
0: it was 23rd. Oh, sorry, 23rd and 24th. You're right, 23rd and 24th. And so uh, if you're in Las Vegas uh, that weekend, come on down and see us. You can find all the address and information in Lynn's magazine. And with that, goodbye, y'all.
3: We need your help. Nothing on the internet is free, including our phone and internet connections. So you can support the podcast by joining the Stamp Show Here Today Club. The cost is $10 for a lifetime membership. Please include your APS member number as we are an APS-affiliated club. Your support is greatly appreciated. Our brand new spanking address is 5965 Harrison Drive, Suite 6 in Las Vegas, Nevada, 89120. You left out the word glorious. Fabulous. (laughs) (laughs) Because you don't put that on the letter. Oh. Well, you could. You could, yeah. You could, yeah.
0: Well, kids, that's all the time we have for today. I'd like to thank Sideshow Mel, Corporal Punishment, Tina Ballerina, oh, and from Not Landing, Miss Donna Mills. Oh, she was a sport. We've had lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of fun, but now the time has come. To go. If this Silkom was found dead in his bed tomorrow, I'd be in heaven, still doing this show.
2: See you some other time.
0: <laughs> Ugh.
3: You can email us at stampshowheretoday at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and as always, keep collecting.
0: Stamp collecting happens when we dream together.